Amen. There is no life without the Spirit. Let me say it again. There is no life without the Spirit. This is what we see in this grand vision of Ezekiel. Here in Ezekiel 37, this this great prophet of God is given this vision as he goes to this valley of dry bones. And we have to understand that Ezekiel lived during desperate times in the history of Israel. He lived in terrible times. He lived in tragic times. In fact, he was kind of a bridge between the before and after of 586 B.C. 586 B.C., it was a terrible year because that was the year that Jerusalem fell. That was the year in which the Babylonian armies came in and conquered and destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, killed the people, and took everyone that was remaining out into exile, into a foreign land where they had to learn new things, new languages, where they were servants and slaves. It's hard for us to imagine that. We've never lived in that desperate a time. We've never had to leave our, most of us haven't, some have, to leave our country, to go to a foreign country, to start over again. This, see, Ezekiel was a prophet that bridged that span. Before 586, he was a prophet of God that was proclaiming, prophesying to the people. He said, go back to God, turn back to God because this is coming. And then after, he witnessed it, and he was exiled himself and taken into Babylon. And so here we see this grand vision where this valley of dry bones, human remains, skeletons, and skulls. It's fairly gruesome if you think about it. You know, when we read it, uh, we, we don't think too much about the visual. But then I was starting to look for images of Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, and I was like, ugh, I, I don't really want to show that. It's fairly gruesome. But that's the picture. God takes Ezekiel to this valley of dry bones, uh, representing the nation of Israel, which had been destroyed. And he says, God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel wisely answers, only you know, God. There is no life without the Spirit. Now, we don't live in desperate times like that. But, but the church has been through struggles over the centuries. In fact, the Methodist church is in a struggle right now for its life. Uh, many of you know that. We've lost 100,000 members over the past year. That's the equivalent, equivalent of losing one 318-member church every day for the year. In fact... Uh, economists tell us that by the year 2030, we'll have lost 35% of our membership in the Methodist church. Can these bones live? Only God knows. Because there is no life without the Spirit. But thankfully, I believe, the Spirit of God is present here amongst us. We have been blessed beyond measure as a church so that we are one of the few that is growing, that has life. 
But we have to remember this. There is no life without the Spirit. In fact, as we looked at the video, we were reminded that in the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written, Spirit, uh, the translation for it is breath. But it's, but it's more than just taking a breath. It is that energy, as it said. It's that life that is within us. The Spirit of God is like our breath. It gives life, doesn't it? And we hardly give our breath a second thought until we can't catch our breath, right? <laughs> and then when we have a hard time breathing or we, we hold our breath for more than, for me, probably 30 seconds, it becomes apparent quickly how important that breath is. But we, we forget that and we take for granted the breath of God, the Spirit of God that is within us because there is no life without the Spirit. There is no life without the Spirit. And, and we take it for granted. We just think it's there. But we have to be intentional as a people of God to, to cultivate our relationship with the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit is, is personal is relational. The Spirit of God is a person, if we can think of it personally. When we think of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. And it's important for us to understand that we should have a personal relationship with the Spirit. And I think for some of us that we, we struggle with that because when we think of God as Father, you know, we, we kind of have an image of what a father should be, whether we had a good father or not. But we kind of have an idea of what a father should be. And, and when we think of Jesus, we, we have a better understanding of Jesus because he actually walked earth and, 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 and dwelt among us. But when even the word Holy Spirit, sometimes we, we struggle with the idea of having a personal relationship with a spirit. That's harder for us to grasp. But we have to understand that the Spirit is a gift of God that is meant to dwell within us. In fact, when Jesus went to heaven, we, we talked about that early this year. I think it was back in May when he ascended into heaven. Jesus said, oh, oh no, no, no. Don't be afraid. In fact, you should be excited because I'm going to give to you my Spirit. And the Spirit of God will dwell with you. And, and, they, and Jesus called that Spirit the Advocate. The comforter. I can't think of a better advocate or comforter than the Spirit of God within us. There with us personally every day. Where Jesus could only be in one place at one time. The Spirit of God was with, is with us every day. And we should cultivate that relationship of the Spirit. We shouldn't take it for granted like we take for granted the breath that we breathe. It's so important because the Spirit of God gives us power. The Spirit of God pardons. The Spirit of God justifies. The Spirit of God sanctifies. The Spirit of God leads us and guides us and makes us holy. It is the Spirit of God that gives life. There is no life without 
the Spirit. See, it doesn't matter what we do. If the Spirit isn't with us, it's in vain. So how do we cultivate that relationship of the Spirit? How can we learn to to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, to know when the Spirit of God is moving, when He is moving in our midst and and speaking to us? Well, there's a couple of things I want to, to remind us of that can help us, I hope, in cultivating that relationship. First, we have to understand that the Spirit of God is personal. Again, I said that before, that we should have a relationship with the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit. And then we should pray. We should pray to God, God, help me to hear your voice. Help me to cultivate that relationship with the Spirit of God. Help me to be in tune with God's Spirit. That's, a, that's one of the first things we can do, to pray for God, to reveal himself to us, and to, to desire that. And to expect God to speak to us and move through us. Pray. Second thing we can do is read the Bible. Because here's the thing. Throughout Christian history, the Spirit of God has primarily spoken through this Word of God. And that's important. Because it is the Spirit of God that empowers Everything we do. And, and we think about the, the Bible as our rule. And the Spirit is our guide. Without the Spirit helping us with this, I'll say it, this is worthless. Without the Spirit's power and guidance, everything we do is in vain. The sacraments, our prayers, Preaching, seeing everything. Without the Spirit, there is no life. But we should be intentional about reading the Word of God because it is primarily, one of the most primary ways in which the Spirit of God chooses to speak to us and through us. I've told you on multiple occasions, if I'm not reading this, typically the Spirit of God is not speaking to me. Or actually, the reverse, I'm probably not listening. (laughs) But I can't tell you how many times that that God has spoken to me through the Scripture. And and when we have those experiences, when we begin to learn how the Spirit speaks to us, it is empowering. Because here's the, the other cool thing about the Spirit of God, is that God doesn't just speak through Scripture. The Spirit of God can speak through anything. Anything. The Spirit of God can speak through tragedy. The Spirit of God can speak through our life experiences. The Spirit of God can, can speak through a sunrise or a sunset. The Spirit of God can, can speak through friends and family. The Spirit of God speaks through church. The Spirit of God can speak through the sacraments and baptism. The Spirit of God can speak through music, good music. How many times... Often the Spirit speaks when, when, when great music is played. How, how many times when, when you've been singing a hymn or a worship song and, and you just felt the Spirit of God speak or move within you, yeah? Here's the cool thing about the Spirit of God is that the Spirit can even speak in bad music. Let me give you an example. I'm a child of the 80s. I graduated in 1989 in high school. Do you know what I loved to listen to in high school? 
hair metal bands. <laughs> right here. Any of you know the, the band Rat? Come on. Nope. I got a few of you. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about bad music for a moment. Well, here's the situation. I don't remember what grade I was. I think it was junior high, sometime around there. I uh, liked this girl, and, and I wanted to ask her out. I was nervous. So I did what we did at those days. We didn't text. We actually had a phone, and I called her on the phone. And I call her up, and she answers the phone, and i uh, speaking and say, uh, um, you know, after a moment of awkwardness, say, hey, will you go out with me? And you know what she said? Yes. Glory. <laughs> Glory. She said yes. I was in love. The world was at peace. Everything was great. It was a wonderful thing. Fast forward one week. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Mel, I love it. I heard she went out with someone else that week. Broken hearted. The world is horrible. And, and, and so I'm angry. And I'm angry at this young woman. And, uh, and I'm in my room. And I'm listening to a rat cassette tape. Remember cassette tapes? Push play? Yeah. And the song comes on. And, and the song is about... a. Uh, a young lady who happens to cheat on her boyfriend or significant other. And uh, the song uh, uses language to describe this young lady that I cannot use in church <laughs> this morning. And as it's playing, and it's about to get to the chorus, which has these certain phrases and words to describe this certain lady, and I'm thinking these same thoughts about this young lady, when all of a sudden, right before the phrase, the tape stops. It just stops. And I hear God say, what are you doing? Stop. It, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just that presence of the Spirit of God that says, it's not worth it. Why are you spending energy being angry when it's not worth it? It changed my perspective. That was one of the, those first early experiences of the Spirit of God speaking in my life. And so I've tried to cultivate that, to listen to God, to know his voice, to be intentional, to hear, and to expect God to speak, because that's important. Because without the Spirit, there is no life. But isn't that a funny story, isn't it? But isn't it amazing? See, because God doesn't just care about the big things. The Spirit of God wants to be a part of our everyday life, in our thoughts, in our actions, in what we do. I can't tell you how many times the Spirit of God has led me in, in, in my office or to do something and, and brought a thought to my mind, a person to call or to take something or to take cash. And, and later on, I recognize, oh, that was God helping me to keep me from being stupid or to forget something or something else. The, the problem is too often we take that for granted and we don't attribute it and say, thank you, God. Help me to cultivate that sense of hearing your voice. And we all need that. Daily, we need that. In fact, this week, it was Thursday morning, I wrote my sermon out. Got it all written out. Most of you know, I, when I write my sermon, it's a manuscript, word for word. And so I came in. It was a difficult sermon to write this morning. And, and I came in, and I started practicing, and it was dead. 
I don't know if it's been dead this morning. That's not my call. But, but it was just, it, was hor- it, it just wasn't coming. And so I'm up here, and I'm, I'm practicing, and I'm stopping and starting, and it's just going nowhere. And I'm going, oh, God, what are you doing? What am I doing? What have I not heard? And, and you know what I do? I turn. You know, we have this candle on our, our altar. Uh, kind of is a reminder of the spirit, you know, the, the flame here. It's out. I'm like, thanks, God. I appreciate that. <laughs> Having a hard enough time right now. But it's out. And I, and I knew it. There was no spirit in it. And so I stopped and I said, am I supposed to start over? <laughs> so I started over and I just wrote bullet points. And that's what I've done this morning. But I was even struggling with that and, and, and saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I don't even know if that's right. And, uh, and so I have a meeting later on that afternoon, I Heart Canyon, and, and, which is all of our pastors. And, and Darren Dye, a friend of mine who's at Freedom Fellowship, he's asked to open our meeting in prayer. And so he opens our meeting in prayer, and he's praying Ezekiel 37. I said, thank you, God, for that reminder. Right. Because I'm feeling dead, and, and there's no life in my sermon, and, there's, and I'm struggling through a couple of things here. But you have reminded me again that I'm with you, that I'm here, that I'm present. So don't take me for granted. Listen. Because there is no life without the Spirit. And so I'm reminded again, when God asks, can these bones live? And we respond, only you know God. But we need you. And we should be desperate for God and His Spirit and cultivate that relationship with Him. Let us pray.